Welcome to the IEEE Rebooting Computing Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. When it comes to the end of Moore's Law and what the future of computing holds, Dan Hutchison, CEO and Chairman of VLSI Research Incorporated, has intriguing and thought-provoking opinions. In this podcast episode, Dan shares why he doesn't necessarily think Moore's Law will end, which technologies he thinks are next in line to make their debut, and why we are heading into a data-centric world instead of a computer-centric world. He also discusses 3PC and what he believes is the key to the future of computing. Let's listen to what Dan has to say. Well, the end of Moore's Law has been being predicted since Gordon Moore wrote his first paper in 1965, and... uh, Everybody's been systematically wrong at uh, predicting its end. It morphs into multiple things, and I think it will morph into multiple things because the the point of Moore's law is more than just uh, component density doubling. It is uh, also about functionality doubling and uh, functionality per watt use doubling. And uh, as you move forward, it's it's gets all these other laws that we talk about can they get bundled into Moore's law and uh, as we move forward we go to quantum computing we're going to get the level of functionality that we get, would get with trillions of transistors at some point so I, I don't see it ending as a driver of innovation the fact that we continue to have this clock of innovation making things better might end in terms of of actual cost per transistor or or how many transistors you can put on a piece of silicon. I mean, obviously you run into laws of physics that end it. Uh, But as Gordon said in, I think it was his 96 paper, our our presentation that uh, no exponential is forever, but forever can be delayed. Well, I think the clear view is coming from the momentum that's driving us forward. And, uh, uh, you know, when you, you look into the future, you can't predict it. It's this, like I, I always say, it's like driving down the road and you either look through the rear view mirror or you look through the side because the windshield's blacked out. And uh, the best way is is when you're looking through the rear view mirror, which means you, you have a lot of momentum. You have the momentum and you know that the, uh, that the road's straight. Uh, it's when it's going through all these curves that it gets pretty hectic and you just have to look out the side windows to figure out where you're going. Uh, but the, uh, uh, the interesting thing is, is the technologies that we thought were way out there are pulling in, like quantum computing. Uh, AI, which people laughed at five years ago, is now all of a sudden considered seriously and not only consider it seriously, but there's actual products that's being used in, in data centers every day. Most people don't realize that AI is used for credit card security. You know, it's, it's used for voice recognition. Uh, uh, Alexa uses it. it. It's actually become a commercialized uh, product. I look at it from an economic perspective and from a, uh, uh, a business perspective, and what I see uh, is that there's this continually massive growth in the amount of data that's produced. 
And I do believe we're moving from a compute-centric world to a data-centric world, and how we manage that data has become far more important uh, in terms of monetizing uh, what our industry does than the abil simple ability to compute. And that's changing the way the industry uh, goes. It also is changing from a, uh, we use, uh, if you look at what you're starting to see is, is the processes are surrounding the memory. Oh, what I mean by being memory centric, right? Because uh, an Amazon, a Google, they have to duplicate everything instantly all around the globe. So, and, and they only make money when on the transactions. I think the point is, is that um, almost everyone realizes that the classical von Neumann architecture is, uh, is reaching its limits in what you can do. And there are new ideas on the horizon that are, you know, quantum computing is as revolutionary as the as digital computing was to the you know the mechanical calculator to the Babbage uh, difference engine, right? Or you know, and you go from tubes to silicon, and uh, you, you enable a level of compute power that was huge. And uh, you look at the Enigma project, and you you forward fast forward to. 1960s, you get the IBM 360, and then you get to the day where, you know, you have supercomputers in your in your smartphone, and it's not just one because every core is equivalent to a supercomputer. So you, we're running out of steam with with what you can do with it. We're running out of steam with how you can do it, and so the uh, industry is coming up with new ways to move back and create a new level of acceleration, just like going from the prop engine to the jet engine. I mean, we have this analog variant, right? Uh, so we get to neural networks. Uh, and, and you get to those, uh, those types of architectures. Those are clearly coming into play today. Uh, and uh, I mean, quantum, I think, is, is out there in the 2025, 2030. 30 time frame in terms of when can we really use it? Uh, and uh, when is it as common as, say, an IBM 360 was in 1960? Uh, you know, and that's, that's where you kind of have to look at it, where today it's still, it's getting to the point where we can actually get answers out of it, right? Which was, that was the point of the enigma, was this is the first time you could actually get answers out on a real-time basis but and we're just there with uh, with quantum which was you know shown at the conference here is, is that uh, and it's really surprising to me and I think it's going to be surprising to the world to the world when what happened at the conference gets out and meet people know more about how far this stuff is moving ahead and how fast it's moving ahead and one of the real Principles of forecasting that uh, fools you all the time is the stuff you think is way out there often comes much faster, and the stuff that you think is coming real soon often is much further out there. The only question is which is which.
I like to call it 3PC. And that's really, if you, if you talk about what's, uh, whether Moore's Law has morphed into this or Moore's Law is dead and this is replacing it, uh, 3PC is the important thing and that is, uh, it is the uh, performance, the power, the price, and connectivity. And uh, more, and more in his original paper, he covered, you know, the price, the performance, the power. Didn't mention connectivity, and that's where connectivity has become the key to all of this. And uh, linking all the computers in the world together, which is, that's what's driving the data. Thank you for listening to our interview with Dan Hutchison. Discover more about the IEEE Rebooting Computing Initiative and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at rebootingcomputing.ieee.org.